cameras, which are big, huge. cameras. They're just like massive cameras. We can easily fill up sixty-four gigabytes in uh, like twenty minutes. Jesus, that's insane. That's a lot of. But it's also a lot more data, right? Because it's a. Because it's just yeah, it's how, however many more pixels, right? Um. All right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Carson's Conversations. Today I got a great guest. He's one of my brothers. Oh no, he's one of my friends' brothers. Um. But yeah, he's doing a lot of crazy stuff in his life at a relatively early age, getting a whole bunch of interesting things put together and a lot of stuff just working out perfectly, right? Yeah. So, Blake, welcome. Introduce you. yourself. Say your hellos. Uh, hello, I'm Blake Newbold. I don't know what else to say for that. <laughs> okay, yeah, but to give a quick kind of introduction for Blake, um, Blake is a really interesting, uh, really interesting guy because he's interested in photography as well as he's in the military reserves for the Navy, which is really cool. And he's, you've been in photography for like, you've been curious about it for a long, long time. And then you finally took your step when you're in school. Yeah. So it sort of, uh, took off when I was around 10 years old, um, (laughs) on all the family vacations, my parents would always have the little point and shoot camera. Yeah. And, uh, I always wanted to hold it. I always wanted to have the camera in my hands. Yeah. And I started to get more and more familiar with the with the cameras and started practicing the skills of photography and the rules, uh, yeah. the framing, the composition, um, even with the little point and shoot camera. And that sort of progressed until, you know, I asked for my own camera for my birthday. Yeah. I, my parents bought me a little point and shoot. And then from there, I just kept saving up and up and up until I got my first DSLR. And then it's just a, a vicious cycle of upgrading to the yeah. next and the, the better camera bodies, buying new lenses. And and it sort of took off from there. Yeah, I can even see like the, not, not a, I, it's pretty much an addiction. The addiction oh, of kind is. of upgrading. Like even in the two weeks that I've been filming and filming the podcast, I've just been like, oh, maybe I could get a better camera. Oh, maybe better mics. Oh, maybe I need stands to hold the mic so it doesn't vibrate. Maybe yeah. I need like a tube for water so people don't keep putting the, uh, <laughs> the, the like the cups on the on the table. Or there's just so many things that you're just like, oh, maybe. And then you're just like, your logic kicks in. You're like, no, you've, you've made no money doing this. What are you talking about? Yeah, and I mean, the thing is with, with, with camera gear, it's expensive. Yeah, but usually the more money you sink into your equipment and the more money you devote to the to photography, the better results you'll yeah, yield. That's true. Um, and a lot of people will say it doesn't matter the gear you use, and and to be completely honest, it doesn't. You can still follow the exact same principles, but the gear allows you to take your photography to the next level and that's allows true. you to to do more in the the spectrum, especially with lenses, because that's. Yeah. You could have a you could have like a, a pretty good um, base, right? And if you have just like a crazy lens on it, that can totally change the game. It can, it can, and, and some lenses have different properties in terms of uh, the way light shows through yeah. and and the the colors that it, it that come through on into the camera. Yeah. But um, usually the more expensive the yeah there was gonna be. there was this one lens that I saw and it's like a probe lens and it looks like a tiny like a Pringles can but shrunk down but shrunk down and yeah really long. and yeah. really really long and the footage that you get off that stuff it's it's really crazy where mm-hmm. it's just like they that's where all like all the like the Pepsi commercials or like the phone commercials come from yeah which are really cool and those are like ten thousand dollar lenses yeah or you could go with a, a really nice fisheye which gives you this huge 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 uh, field of view. And you can see so much, but it's such a small lens, but it still costs, you know, a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, that's insane. Or you go with, a, it's called the 
Green Giant or something like that. It's it's a huge lens made by Sigma, and it comes in its own case, and it's like twenty nine thousand dollars for this lens. And what would you get out of that? Just it's a huge telephoto lens, so you get oh, so you can zoom in can, like yeah. Is it like a uh, what is it not? I don't even know what I was gonna say. But like yeah, so what what was the main purpose? Like what would the main thing be for taking photos with that massive lens? Um, just being far away from a subject if you're doing wildlife photography or Oh, that would make sense actually, yeah. Yeah. But it's uh Okay, so let's get into we talked about your early passion. You really like touching around with the um or playing around with the small handheld camera. What about in high school? Because I know at the school we both went to, there was the photography class. Did you take that at an early age? Did you like kinda get try and force yourself into that class in like grade 10 and a year earlier or did you just kind of play it as play it by year yeah so that photography class i took in grade 11 and at the time i think it's still that way now yep. but you needed to have art prerequisites yeah to go into that class yeah i had taken music so i had none of those prerequisites yeah so i had to go to the art teacher and be like you know this is what i've shot so far this is my portfolio at the time if you will which wasn't the best i was still starting out and still trying to get a, a grasp um well at least you you push yourself to like this is my portfolio go look at this right that, yeah. that's that's something cool that yeah, yeah. many people won't do yeah so i i did that and gave it to the teacher and then she had to sign off and then i had to go to the principal and get them to sign off yeah. on it as well just so i could take that class and <laughs> looking back on it now a lot of the things that I had learned in that class were stuff that I had already taught myself. Yeah. So in some respects, it was a bit redundant, but there's still the aspect of the, the editing programs that I learned more about. There. Yeah. So I learned more about Photoshop and about Lightroom in that class rather than actually using my my camera. Yeah. So I think that so that's also the, like, There's two parts of photography, right? There it's is. not just taking the photo. Mm-hmm. There's also the whole, if you really want to change the photo or change the look, you got to get the editing part, right? Yeah. And a lot, so I shouldn't say a lot, but some people will say, you know, yeah. photos shouldn't be edited. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's just, it should be how you take the photo and, and how you, you know, see it. And that should be it. But a lot of people will also say, you know, edit the photo, make it unique, make it yeah. different. And when you edit a photo, there's there's so much possibility. Yeah. Uh, whether you're changing the colors or photoshopping it to, to remove one part of the photo, everything can be manipulated, which I think is one of the true beauties. Of, That's it's just of so it. many different uh, combinations of stuff because one photo can look completely different with three settings changed, right? Yeah. Even yeah. on like at, at this point, your iPhone has the most. It, it's I I know this is like a disgrace to what you are and what you're all about, but it's gotten to the point where technology has brought in complete Photoshop stuff just in your iPhone mm-hmm. on like iOS 13, like the new one. That's true. It's like, it's kind of ridiculous and I'm just curious what it's going to be like in the future. So there's always going to be a need for professional photography and professional imaging equipment, yep. such as the big DSLR cameras. I don't think that's ever going to go away, except for maybe 40 years in the future yeah. when... They got robust to that stuff. Hopefully. Yeah, or something like that. But at the same time, cameras are on your iPhones are great. Yeah. The quality is great. Um, you're able to edit them in ways that we've never been able to do before, yeah. just in the palm of your hand. But at the same time, you can still do so much more oh, on a laptop and on a computer. Yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily going to die out. Yeah. Because even when you're taking photos on a DSLR, the workflow 
on the laptop when you import those photos and you start going through them yeah it's a lot easier it's a lot easier yeah. than on a phone where you have to scroll through one at a time and stuff like it's, that yeah, it is a pain. Where on the computer you can select multiple and apply drag one and drop kind of thing yeah and, and it's a lot faster um especially because you have your keyboard shortcuts and everything else yeah for sure um, let's move along from the future talk. Let's get into talking about college and your experience with that and how you eventually took your college learnings and stuff like that. Well, you were still, you were in cadets the whole time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, so you were in, you were in cadets, you got really, really high up in that and then you joined the reserves. Let's, let's talk about that. Cause that's something I find is definitely most interesting about you and how you brought your yeah. passion for photography into the military field. Yeah. So in high school I joined, or was it high school? Yeah. I think in high school I joined cadets. Yeah. And um, I had this one great officer there who, who was also into what we call public affairs, which is photography and journalism side of the military, informing the public about sort of what we do and our, the stories that we have to offer. So he knew that I was interested in photography. So he got me in contact with the public affairs officer for Ontario cadets. And from there, I was able to go and start shooting some of the competitions and events and training exercises that the cadets were doing. So... There would be weekends where they'd send me up to Sault Ste. Marie to shoot a biathlon competition, or I'd go into the field and, and shoot a training exercise there. And from there, that sort of got me started in the military side of photography things. After high school, I went uh, and I applied to Sheridan College to study film and television. Mm -hmm. So at the same time, the first year of college, or it's college, but it's also a university program. I get a bachelor's degree out of it. Yeah. So... Don't really know if I should call it a college or university. Yeah, it's, no one really yeah. knows. But in the first year of that, um, I was still on cadets. So I was able to, to bring my learning from school into the program as well. Yeah. And to, to develop that side of photography and journalism even further. Yeah. Then after I aged out of cadets, I, I joined the reserves. And I was just sitting in our, our lounge, our mess one day. And someone knew I was a photographer and they're like, Hey, do you have your camera here? There's a high ranking officer coming down from Ottawa. And I said, yeah, I happened to have my camera here. So I started shooting for them and then that just sort of took off. And now I'm able to shoot for the Royal Canadian Navy as a whole. Um, but also a few other organizations what? within the military. That's insane. Yeah. So what, what are the, like the, okay, here's something. What was your favorite photo that you've taken or just like, just describe the scenario that was happening. Like, is it like a, so I have a few different favorites um, or experiences and experiences, a few different ones. But there was one actually a, a couple months ago. I was in Toronto for a search and rescue exercise and uh, we had the Air Force there, the Coast Guard, the police and uh, ourselves, the Navy. So we are doing uh, search and rescue exercises off Toronto Island where we'd have divers go into the water and, and they pretend to be... Uh, struck in or not struck in but stranded uh yeah uh personnel who have fallen off a boat or their boat has sank yeah uh so we had to recover them and then a helicopter would come in and hover over the back of a boat and hoist the people up unfortunately due to the weather conditions uh, it was too unsafe to hoist that day oh that's cool but, i like how the, yeah that's a little twist yeah but it was still interesting in the fact um that we got to play around with the air force so I got this one photo. I was on the, the Coast Guard ship at the time. And um, the commander of the vessel, he had his wet water uh, or cold water submersion suit on because it was cold water at the time. Yeah. 
he was uh, sort of leaning near the back door. And so he's off to the left-hand frame, and you can see out the back, and right there is a helicopter. It's, it's out of focus, yeah. but the emotion on his face well, just you can shows still see. the stress in the photo and, and the worry that he has to make everything right run and, perfectly, and yeah. run perfectly. That's so cool. that's one of my Even favorite Even just thinking photos. about that, that's like chills, because that's yeah. such a cool kind of... Kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, and, and you can also see the detail of the water spurt coming up from the helicopter. You see the detail in his face, the wrinkles, the, the beard hairs and everything. And his face is perfectly lit. Uh, outside is perfectly lit. It's just one of those photos. and The one of the million ones. One of the millions. And, and that's the thing about photography in the military. Um, whenever we're taking photos of training events or exercises, you have to be in the moment. Yeah. It, it happens so fast and things change like that i can imagine so, like especially with the helicopter and say if it's bad winds or something like that they're gonna have they're gonna have to adjust mm -hmm. so many different trim levels because if they don't they're gonna be spinning out and that's you're gonna have to you're gonna be seeing the plane of the helicopter fighting the winds and trying to pick someone up that's that's insane especially like yeah. if you've seen that one video of the search and rescue where they tried to pick that old woman up and they didn't anti-rotate the or uh there's the anti-rotation thing so it um, it fight it fights off the the winds mm -hmm. on the hoist to pick the person up, and they didn't set that properly, so she kept spinning, and spinning and spinning, and she ended up like going like I think it was like a hundred rotations per minute. Yeah. So she was going really fast, and just like that kind of moment for photography would just be like whoa. Yeah, and that's and definitely well, like that's like a one in a billion for one of those experiences. Yeah, too. and I mean like we train for these these situations, right? And but to be able to capture those. Yeah. And, and, you know, the hard work that people are putting in is just, it, it's remarkable. Yeah. Um, and like I said, you have to, people don't think that, you know, photography is a fast, fast thinking, you know. Uh, they, they don't think yeah. it's a fast paced kind of thing. It's, yeah. it's not, people don't think it's fast paced, but yeah. in, in hindsight it is. Uh, you have to be able to, to adjust your settings on the fly and frame in a proper way that's still going to be able to tell the story. Because everything we do with photography is, is to story? tell a story. Yeah. And, you know, people will say a picture is worth a thousand words. Yeah. And, and it really is. In one picture, we can tell endless stories. Yeah, and even just that one photo you were talking about, there are so much different things that could be happening within yep. just the character that was seen as well as with the helicopter and all that stuff and just yeah. the ocean spray. There's just so many different things that you can tell, and it's very true that a picture does yeah. tell a thousand words. Yeah. Which, yeah, that's ah, that's crazy. That's really cool that you're doing all these training exercises and stuff like that mm -hmm. too, because that's just more experience, and it's just it builds your portfolio, so you exactly. can go back to that art teacher and go, hey, look at this. Actually, uh, she invited me to her class last year to come in and give a presentation on what I. Uh... Is it, was it Miss K? No, Miss Thorpe. Oh, I don't remember her. Yeah, she was the photography teacher at the time, so she invited me back, and she's like, "Hey, I know you're doing all this stuff, and do you want to come talk to the class about you know what you're doing in photography in the real world and a, a, a real life application to photography?" Yeah, because so, photography. Did you do it? I did. I okay, did. I, I thought you could be yeah. like, "Yeah, I did do it." No, no, no. Didn't want to, didn't want no to waste I, my time. I went in actually. Um, I was at work one day, so I went in in uniform and, and and gave the whole spiel and sort of showed them the gear that I use, and um, and took them through. My top 10 photos and that's pretty cool how i edited them and took them and the story behind speaking each of, of top 10 photos oh god <laughs> back in the day i remember because this was like since our parents are friends they were going my mom and dad were going crazy blake got this crazy photo it's on gopro ah. yeah so tell me the story of that because you were what was it 
You so, were on a tall ship or something Yeah, like so I was 17, and this was through cadets. I had the opportunity to go to British Columbia and sail on a tall ship out there for mm-hmm. a week. And, you know, 17-year-old me was like, oh, I'm going to bring all my cameras and, and you know, going to try to document the entire thing. I actually wanted to vlog it Dude. at first. Yeah. So. Hey, that's. <laughs> the first People day, are making tons of money doing that. Don't worry about that. The first day, I tried to vlog it, and I had a little gorilla pod for my DSLR. It didn't turn out. It didn't turn out. Yeah. Ever. Actually, I posted day one video. And that's it. Yeah. That's it. Nothing else happened and, and came out of that. That's so funny. But for the rest of the trip, I, I was devoted to capturing it with uh, still images. Yeah. And. Which is cooler. What? Which is cooler. Which is cooler in some respects. Um, I think you can be a little bit more creative with that. With, a, with photos so or a vlog? Because a vlog with, would just be photos. like, hey, I got $100,000 and I'm giving yeah. it to my family or my friends. Yeah, with photos. I bought them a Lamborghini. Like that type <laughs> oh, of stuff. I wish. Um, no, with photos. But the thing is, with the tall ship, I wanted to go all the way up to the top of the mast. Yeah. So I did. But rather than carrying my DSLR up there, which was wouldn't have been a good idea because I ended up dropping the GoPro. No way. Yeah, it Someone actually caught it, which was pretty surprising. But if my DSLR was up there, I would not have Somebody a DSLR. Somebody would have not caught that. Um, <laughs> Definitely. So climbing up, and I had I was in a harness, and I had the GoPro sort of strapped to me. Got up to the very top, and I just I'm sort of hanging on to the uh, the pole, not to the, the pole. Mast. They're called rat lines. Oh yeah. Uh, and they're the ones that go all the way up the the, the mast. So I'm just I'm straddling it. My feet are jammed inside these little holes. And I'm just holding the GoPro out like this and just trying to trying to take photos and, and stuff. And it turns out that, you know, I took a, a good photo up there. Yeah. And I submitted it to GoPro uh, for their photo of the day contest. And it didn't happen the next day, but it was a couple months later. Yeah. That It takes a little bit of time, yeah. Yeah, it, it took a bit of time, time, but I was driving i was actually camping somewhere or no it was a training activity with cadets yeah and then all of a sudden my phone just starts going crazy and and i didn't know what was happening and then everyone starts coming up to me and they're like blake your photo oh like at the training exercise at the training exercise and people just started coming up to me randomly they're like your photo have you seen it and it's just like what photo no what photo and they're like gopro photo of the day and so i pull my phone out and there's just hundreds of Instagram notifications and Facebook notifications and Twitter notifications. That's insane. Just because GoPro had, had linked uh, my profile on that photo and, and started sharing it. And I gained so many followers from that. Yeah. But that photo, I think it... Last time I checked, it was above 2 million. It was, a, yeah. So... 2 million people seeing your little face. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. So another thing that's really cool... About you, not only taking photos on top of uh, tall ships, is you, you're you're really passionate about the military and you want to do military kind of photography, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And you're in the Navy, so that doesn't, you're going to be all in the water. So you're going to be a diver or you're going to be just like on the boat or you're gonna be like, what are you doing? Yeah, so. What's the dream really? See, the dream is a bunch of different directions right now. I don't yeah. think, I have many different dreams and I don't think you can let's, always follow one specific. Yeah. Let's go to a couple for, of them. For let's, me, I take any opportunity that comes my way. Yeah. Okay. And I just sort of go with the flow, but I joined the military as a port inspection diver. So I'm currently undergoing training for that. Um, but at the same time, once I have all my dive certifications, I can 
change traits to what's called an imagery technician. And we are, or we are, imagery technicians are the ones that take photos of all the different CAF events. Mm -hmm. CAF stands for Canadian Armed Forces. And you could either be working with the Navy, the Army, or the Air Force. So that's one direction I want to go. But at the same time, I also want to become a public affairs officer. Yeah. And that would probably be further down the line. And That's public affairs officers are basically the ones that are in charge of the public affairs scenes for specific units. Yeah. Uh, whether it's writing articles, social media posts, uh, press releases, um, media advisories, stuff like that. Letting the media and the public know what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and in some respects, I sort of fill that role now uh, with my unit because we don't have an actual public affairs officer. So I end up doing some of those like me. That's like a couple months ago, my manager at Fortino's, we didn't have one. So one of the guys, no, I'm kidding. Keep going, keep going. No. Okay, no, the, keep jo- going. the joke, the jokingly, the super bad uh, comparison that I was trying to give, Fortino's, we didn't have a manager. So one of the guys that worked there for a while became the manager, and that's you. Uh, <laughs> in the military, I think it takes a little bit more time to, nope, to be not a at manager. No. Nope. But, but anyway, I think that's yeah. sort of the direction I want to go, because um, I want to be able to be employable. Yeah, and for the sure. diving gives you that employability in some respects. Yeah. It allows you to do more in the military than just being a straight photographer. It's true. Um, because even as a, once I have my dive certifications, I can dive all across the country with the military internationally. And what they'll do is they actually have underwater camera housings. So then I can become an underwater photographer through the military. Yeah. Which takes things to the next level. And from my understanding, taking photos underwater is a complete different experience from taking photos. Well, you just submerged in water. So, yeah, yeah that's, that is crazy, actually. That, I haven't thought about that. So, yeah, that would be because like, just holding a GoPro underwater is weird. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine a massive. So, like, how does the underwater housing work? Because, like, can you still dial your zoom and all that stuff? Yeah. That? Yeah. So, what it is is it's basically a big plastic housing. And within is it, it hard or is it soft? It's hard. Okay. It's hard, but there's basically waterproof buttons that go through. Yeah. Uh, and press. Oh, so it's specific to your model. So think about a GoPro housing. Yeah. And how they have the silver buttons on top, but think about that on a much larger scale for a DSLR. Mm, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So your end, you you're talking about your end goal, and that was kind of how you wanted to become a public affairs officer. Is there is there any you're really passionate about the military, right? But I don't know, is there any chance you would get out of the military to maybe be like a public role in a dive, like create a diving place just in Toronto or find like shipwrecks and like maybe move down to like some Mediterranean place, become a, uh, a diving instructor there? Or? I think there is, but I haven't really thought that far ahead no? as of right now. Um, the only thing I've thought about is retirement. Oh yeah, what are you doing in retirement? What's uh, happening now? I'm retiring in Hawaii. Okay. Uh, because there's sailing and diving yeah it's also and it's also a volcano nice. but yeah uh, depending on the island you go to. <laughs> but i don't know that's sort of the goal it's yeah like the outdoor lifestyle that's cool so uh, i think well. that's sort of all i thought about i haven't really thought too much far you did say you had other advanced. passions what other areas would you um go in? you said you had multiple things that you you're passionate about which what are the top two well top three other than the military and photography so studying film television in school um yeah, that's yeah. Do you ever want to go into TV? There's so many so, different yeah. things for you. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, there's so many different doors that are open right now, and 
you know, earlier in the summer, I was interning at a, a company in Toronto called Radke Films, which is a commercial company. So I had the opportunity to be on set and we were filming Oreo commercials, uh, Crown Royal, uh, Olay, you name it, we were filming it. Yeah. And it gave me a good insight to what life is like in the film industry. Yeah. It's good money. It's yeah. long days, long hours. Uh, but if you enjoy it, right? Like that's... Yeah. Every, every time I need to at least say passion 12 times in each episode. Mm-hmm. So if you're passionate about it, you gotta be, it's gotta be fine. Like it won't yeah. be, it's not going to be as hard as people say, oh, it's the long hours, but if you like doing it. Yeah, fine. exactly. And I think no matter what, if you have a passion for something, you're going to enjoy doing it. Exactly. And for me right now, that's the military. I, I absolutely love it. It doesn't seem like a job to me because you show up to work and every day is different. Yeah. You're either, you know, sometimes you're behind a desk or you're on the water or you're doing different things. You're traveling. In the military, like, I've been able to travel up to British Columbia quite a few times yeah. just to, to sail on some of our training vessels. I've gone to Ottawa and Quebec City. And, I mean, like, you have these opportunities. It's not much sailing in Ottawa, but yeah. <laughs> no, but, but there's, you know, it's our nation's capital where you still have a yeah that's still really cool that and, and um especially for the photography that. aspect yeah there's and, a whole bunch of different interesting things you can do there yeah so i think in that respect uh i like the military for that aspect right now and i want to pursue it even more but at the same time it's a struggle to determine you know what i really want to put my mind to and yeah put my time into so which which career can you like um Let's, let me see if I can try and help you. Which career can you like get further in? And I'm not sure if money is an incentive for you or um, cause, or lifestyle or something. Because cameras are expensive. You might yeah. need a lot of money. But if you're working with the military, you'll get all those cameras for free if you want, if you're in the right position. Or if you move into TV and film, a very hard, hard business to work in. Mm-hmm. And you could be making millions plus dollars. Yeah. However, within the film and television industry... It's hard to be among that top three percentile yeah. that's making that those millions. Exactly. Um, it depends. There's a lot of business coming to Toronto right now. You have it's Netflix opening up uh, a whole studio up here, and a Ooh, lot of nice. money being poured into the film industry up here. There's no shortage of work. No. However, something because Toronto realized, does look a lot like New York, and that's why they like that's why they film suits like here. New York, Washington D.C., any major so many, city. Yeah, it's weird. Toronto suits the bill. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, I've realized that I can work in the military and I yeah. can still have time to do film on the side. Because what are the days off like in the military? So, technically speaking, you get your weekends off, Yeah. but you get paid seven days a week. And what? for every 14 yeah, days you work, yeah. you get a day off of accumulated. So, in okay. the entire year, you'd end up getting 26 days off. And that's not even, yeah, there's no like, no and sick that's days. like as soon as you join the military. That's really cool. And then yeah, that's, you still it, get it, your weekends it, off on yeah. top of that. So that's, that's just almost yeah, like in the um, reserves, right? Pardon? That's just specifically for the reserves. No, that's, or, for, that's for anyone. If you're on a full time contract, that's that's how you. Yeah, because we, we don't have, do we have anybody overseas right now? No. Yeah. Yeah. Where? There's, uh, there's a lot of places. Latvia, uh, there's ships deployed to the, the Middle East, um, Horn of Africa. Anti-piracy cool. stuff like that. That's always cool. Uh, we have ships Captain deployed Phillips. down south doing uh, off Carib, which is anti-drug and uh, human traffic. Uh, oh, so we're still you still part of that. We're a little yep. far out of the way, but no. Uh, Canada contributes a lot to to international. Yeah. Um, 
I guess that's not really well known though. So maybe you can be the uh, better public affairs <laughs> officer and just kind of promote that a little bit more. I mean, there's a lot of publications already put out, but it, it has to do with you know what is happening in the world that day. Yeah. And that's the way the media looks at it. It's you know what is the most interesting story to tell. So the only time. But what can we twist? Because that's a lot yeah. of stuff right now. Yeah. So, but the only time that the media will focus on that is say if you know a Canadian warship has a huge drug bust and has you know confiscated a whole bunch of coke. a whole bunch of cocaine yeah that's the that's the only real time that that which is kind of disappointing up. and that's another thing there's so many it's funny how a lot of the conversations that i have here it always kind of goes back to media and how it like it gets twisted yeah or it gets um uh shaded just to one side or to like make someone else look bad or just not show all the good work that many people are doing that's mm-hmm. that's a pain yeah. so hopefully when you become a public affairs officer public affairs officer you can do that yeah and i mean that's one of the struggles that we have with the military as a whole and it is a hard thing to promote it is um but the thing is not a lot of media will want to cover you know the basic things we're doing day to day they'll yeah. only cover the main points and the, the interesting well they facts. do have to make money yeah right so unless you make a military magazine posted mm-hmm. weekly which could work that could be they, an aspect. they have a few uh there's one for the Navy called the Lookout Navy News. That's pretty cool. Which is for the Navy as a whole. And they have different public affairs officers and personnel from the fleet uh, contributing to that. And um, That all, all that type of stuff. Yeah. And then that gets published nationally on a national scale. Um, but then at the same time, you have one for the entire Canadian forces. Yeah. That gets put out. But, yeah, that's... All that stuff's really cool, man. Mm-hmm. I that's there's so much more stuff to go deep into, but I'm just yeah. honestly worried that my camera's gonna shut off because <laughs> it hits thirty minutes and we're done, guys. No, but yeah, that's it's really interesting that especially that you found that you like photography at an early age, and that's another thing that we talk about a lot on the podcast is we if you can find what you love at a very early age, you'll be set for life because you'll continue to follow what you like. See, hold it. He called it. <laughs> I knew it. Okay, back action. I gotta figure out how I can keep that to go longer. Where was welcome I? back to Carson's conversation. Oh yeah, welcome back. I did literally before I right when I called it two seconds after it cut. But yeah, so welcome back to Carson's conversations. Uh, second part of episode part eight. Part two. Part two. Part two. Yeah. But what we were talking about was. As our closing notes work, but we were, I was talking about how there's so many things that you can do when you find your passion at an early age, and you can really just continue on to carry it on like you've been doing. Yeah, I, I think everything that I've sort of done in my life has contributed to where I am now. Yeah. Um, whether it was starting with a little point-and-shoot camera to you know pursuing public affairs and cadets and then further in the military – um, some of these things just happened by chance, yeah. but it opened new doors for me and new opportunities for sure. to, to have endless, you know, opportunities and, and, and experiences that I never would have thought I had, you know, I, I'm at that point where people will email me at work and just be like, Hey, are you going to be at this event? We want you to take photos here or, yeah. or will you be the designated unit public affairs representative for this event? Or da, 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 da. And then, you know. I'll either say, yeah, I am, or no, I'm already doing something else that weekend. But it's, you know, I'm at that point where people are starting to ask if I'm going to be there. And and I think I'm going to have to ask, when can I get on a soundstage 
and make this thing like the Tonight Show. <laughs> no, we will we, see. We'll actually got to set that up though, because I think that we were talking about that before. Yeah. But that I think that'd be really. I'll cool. bring you to Oakville sometime. Yeah. Well, yeah, that is that's something I'd like to try out, but then I'd also have to get as many cool people on as possible. So if we were to get that, I'd need to have like the president on. <laughs> well, next year's. Next year. Um. Or like Obama, we'll get Obama on. We'll we'll figure that out. We'll do. Is uh, he part Canadian or something? No. Or no, he has family up here. No, it's Ted Cruz, isn't it? Ted Cruz was born here or something. Oh, I thought but he had family in Burlington. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, I'd like to try out a whole bunch of different things. And I know you and your friends are very good with cameras, so I won't have just <laughs> one solo tripod sitting there. Um, I'd like to try a whole bunch of different stuff, but I will definitely keep in touch because you live a couple doors down. Yeah. And yeah, so. Let's close it out. Thank you, everybody, for coming to episode eight. Me and Blake had a great conversation, as you can see. Uh, remember to subscribe, like, all that stuff. Uh, follow uh, Blake. Actually, yeah, I'd like you plug your stuff, BlakeNewbold.com. Yeah, BlakeNewbold.com. You can check out some of my photos there. Uh, there'll be new stuff coming. It's just taken a while. I've been pretty busy. So. Yeah, so links, and all, links to all that stuff will be in the description on YouTube. Sorry about everybody that's listening. I can't help you there. But... Yeah, thank you for coming to episode 8 with me and Blake. Have a good one, everybody. Okay.